This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up, as you guys know, with their product, uh, and it's been a game changer for us all season. We uh, love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, uh, inside zone, power, obviously, uh, counter, and, and pin and pull, and even some outside zone uh, more this year. So uh, we can save time, be more productive, have a little bit of time with our family during the season. Just Play has a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120. That is $60 off the normal list price. This offer has been extended uh, and it won't last much longer. Get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. Don't wait, go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at Team Builder. Team Builder is again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy and your playoff philosophy is just to maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder, which is Team B-U-I-L-D-R. Just reach out and tell them that you heard it from me, Rowdy, and the RTP podcast. Or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Garrett Ambergy. Coach Ambergy is the head coach at Abingdon High School in Abingdon, Virginia. Listen as we talk with Coach Ambergy about his incredible story of taking over Abingdon program two days before the season started and leading them to a 9-3 and season and a district championship while being named Coach of the Year in the process. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, my name is Garrett Ambergy. I'm head football coach at Abingdon High School. My football journey, I started, uh, grew up in Wise, Virginia, uh, southwest Virginia town, cold country. Uh, where I grew up, played at J.J. Kelly, played quarterback, defensive back, played for a guy named Kevin Saunders there. And Kevin Saunders is head coach at Gilmer County in Georgia now. A uh, great football coach, won a state championship at Gretna in Virginia. Uh, learned a lot from him. And from there, I went and played baseball in college. Uh, had, a, had a shoulder injury my senior year of football. Uh, so I decided to focus on baseball in college. Uh, and after I got out of that, I, I missed football. Knew I wanted to get back into it. I wanted to get back into coaching. I get into coaching, and I got my counseling degree, school counseling degree at Radford University. And Radford University, the town there, the Radford High School, the head coach at Radford High School was Matthew Saunders, Kevin's brother. Uh, so after playing for Kevin, you know, talked to Matthew about coming on coaching there and he called his brother and said, you need to hire this guy. And uh, that was my introduction to coaching with Matthew. And we ended up uh, going to the state championship my first year. Uh, we lost in the state title game, but uh, I was hooked after that. It was just an unbelievable uh, experience that year. Uh, coaching 15 games, like two seasons in one. I knew, you know, that this is what I wanted to do. So uh, from that point on, I ended up coaching a couple years at Marion High School in Virginia. Um, then I got the opportunity to go to work in Kingsport, Tennessee. I was there. Uh, Dobbins Bennett's a high school, 6A school there. Um, I was at John Sevier Middle School. Got to coach some eighth grade ball. Uh, got to go help with the freshman team. And then on Friday nights, go watch Dobbins Bennett. And just being around some great coaches at that level and Getting to see that program is a tremendous learning experience, and getting to coach, you know, those young kids, and uh, that was great for me developing as a coach, being able to look at, you know, how I'm communicating and, uh, you know, how I'm teaching things. Uh, it was great to work at that level, and the program at Diamonds Bennett's been very successful, uh, and I got to really bounce around and wasn't coaching a position, so I got to go D line one day, O line one day, see what the quarterbacks were doing. Uh, Coach Graham Clark won a, a ton of games there, so that was a great experience to see. And from there, I went to Abingdon High School as an assistant. 
uh, I was I was there four years, uh, and then took an offense coordinator job at Virginia High School uh, for one season, and then came back to Abingdon as the head coach, uh, and that was kind of unique uh, with the, taking over Abingdon. I got hired on July 24th last year, and practice started on the 26th. So <laughs> had two days to two days to get ready, and uh, went from there and. We had a great year. Uh, players did tremendous for us, and they worked so hard. We never used that as an excuse of coming in that late. Ended up winning our district championship, went 9-3, and three, and made the second round of the playoffs. So uh, that's where we're at now. Jeez. So uh, I kind of liked it. It was a cool thing you talk about, uh, being able to bounce around while you're in Tennessee and, and kind of see, you know, all the different positions and, and how guys were being coached and, and maybe learn even a few things from some positions that you weren't um, didn't have time to be an assistant coach at. You think that's kind of helped you in your first year of being a head coach, that time where you could really bounce around and, and kind of uh, get things from other positions that you wouldn't normally coach? Oh, without a doubt. You know, you come in as a player and you learn all you can about playing quarterback and play some defense back, play a little bit of linebacker. But, you know, my exposure to that at that point was offensive and defensive line didn't have any. So I needed to go learn and, and be around coaches. And, and any clinic I went to, I'd go offensive line. Uh, offensive line, everything I could soak in about that. Uh, and just being able to see those coaches, you know, in action and watch them and the things that they were teaching, uh, that, that was a great experience. Uh, I've been fortunate with the guys that I've coached with, you know, starting off with Matthew Saunders at Radford. Um, he, he's he, – at that point, we were a triple option team, flex bone with a little bit of spread. Uh, I played in the wing T in high school. Uh, so I had wing T, and then I started learning the triple option, a little bit of spread concepts there with Matthew. I went to Marion, and we were totally spread, uh, 10 personnel, uh, our trips, uh, two by two, a little bit of empty. Uh, but that, that's where that offense was going. And then went, when I went to Tennessee, at that point, they were uh, triple option, Georgia Tech, you know, all the way. So. I tried to immerse myself in everything I could learn about triple option and studying Georgia Tech, how they're reading defenders and how they're, you know, uh, taking into account for their force players and, and all those different things and the techniques on midline and all, all those things that I could I could absorb. And then uh, went back to Abingdon uh, and they're pro-I. Uh, so had that experience. And then – when uh, we were pro out one year, uh, a new head coach came in. We went spread. Uh, we were a lot of uh, empty at that point. Uh, very fortunate coach, a great quarterback. He's going to come back and help uh, coach our quarterbacks this year, uh, Jake Sturgill. Uh, he, he set all kinds of records there. and We were uh, throwing it around uh, quite a bit. Um, so uh, had a lot of success there. And now I've taken this head coaching job, you know, we we had really strong running backs, good offensive line. Uh, we've kept the same uh, offense as far as what we've done in the spread, but we're adding in those tight ends, uh, adding in those, we call them the sniffer back, you know, and adding in tight ends and sniffers, unbalanced formation, uh, running the football and pairing it with that downfield passing game from the spread. Uh, you know, really trying to get into what those guys, you know, like they're doing at Oklahoma and having that power run game mixed with that. Uh, down the field threat of the pass game. So I've been fortunate to be around a lot of different coaches, a lot of different styles, and, and that's definitely helped mold me to where I'm at today. Coach, what do you kind of hang your hat on as far as, you know, being – you know, you, you've talked about some of the formations and the philosophy you got. What are what are some things you guys like to do in the run game that, you know, hey, this is kind of day one install, kind of who we are, and then we'll branch off from there? Well, since we're on the run, the power podcast, power for sure. Uh, <laughs> Better believe it. Power. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, that, that was day one install for us this year, you know, going with power. And, uh, that, that ended up being what we hung our hat on last year and that, that stretch run of winning the district championship. Uh, we would, you know, dress up with some formations and we, we would go unbalanced. Um, and, you know, there, there were some things that we could do there. We, we liked going in that unbalanced formation, tackle over tight end on that short side and two receivers out on the unbalanced side. So 
we can still throw it out there to those two receivers, but we, we really created a, a lot of gaps there. Uh, but there really wasn't a secret to it. It was kind of one of those things we're running right here, you know, and, and uh, um, hoping through our preparation and our, our uh, getting good at something, that was kind of our philosophy. We're going to perfect it, uh, and we're going to run it and uh, execute it better than hopefully the defense can stop it. But, you know, I'm taking over that job last year, sit down with my assistant coaches, and I think that's something that, that has been huge in that uh, is those guys have been tremendous. We came in with two days before the season. Luckily, I was able to bring some guys with me, uh, you know, Chase Nunley and, and Rob Rackliff, coaches of our offensive line. Uh, Chase Nunley does a strength program, special teams. They're tremendous. Um, and then we had some guys on staff there, uh, Brent Tipton, uh, Ryan Nutter, you know, we're already on staff. And we just said, all right, we're, we know we're coming in and we're behind the eight ball as far as time. Because uh, they were a wing T team before I got there. Uh, and so they've been practicing wing T all summer. And he said, look, we got to get good at something. We got to hang our hat on this and uh, uh, perfect it. And those guys bought in, and they were tremendous. Coach, what are some things maybe that that you've learned? Um, you know, talking about coming in at the very last second. Uh, I would assume you kind of had to uh, pare everything down to some of the the big essentials that that a program needs because you didn't have much time. And then you guys were getting started. Uh, you know, with your football season. What are some maybe some things you've learned or uh, maybe even some tips that you can give other head coaches that might be getting a job, uh, you know, today or here in the next few days, here, here in the very end of July, now that you've gone through that? I think the biggest tip I would say is I sat down and basically just looked at all the aspects of, of the things that were going on and, and really kind of started putting them in categories of this has to get done now. This has to get done, you know, in a certain timeline, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. And these are things that I can put off in a little bit and put on the back burner and we'll get to. Uh, you know, taking that job with two days, you know, there were certain things that, you know, we had to get done right then. Um, and, and the big thing was I'd sit down with the assistant coaches. We had to come up with terminology and a, a system. Uh, luckily, I'd coached with some of those guys in the past and we were able to say, look, we're going to be. Um, like I said, hang our hat on power. Uh, we power and counter inside zone, uh, outside zone, uh, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, you know, we can dress it up with formations. You know, and, and down the road we end up adding, you know, in a little trap and uh, some of those things, RPOs. But you got to start somewhere. Say, look, this is what we're going to do. Let's get our our terminology together. Uh, let's make sure that's consistent. Uh, it makes sense, and then. You know, let's go from there. So I was fortunate in this regard. I'd coached the team uh, in 2016. So and they'd been with me prior to that for three years. So I'd been able to get some of our, you know, we they knew our passing terminology and what we were going to do. Sure. Um, but the run game, you know, we had to had to change that. So we, we had a learning curve there. So luckily with the pass game, we were able to accelerate that a little bit. That helped us. Um, but, you know, we, we really had to start for square one as far as run game because they were wing T the week before. Uh, yeah, they were running, you know, buck sweep and all those things, and here we come in uh, more of a spread identity and had to change it. But I think the big key, though, for the coaches is you really got to go through that and evaluate what I got to get done, what's non-negotiable. Um, you know, the other thing coming in, and it's going to be a lot of other things that you don't think about, uh, right off is that first week, we had to get fundraising off the ground. Uh, you, you know, we had, we had to sell cards down here and that kind of thing to get fundraising going. Um, so we, we had to get that uh, almost immediately. That was the second day of practice, third day of practice. We had to get that going as well. Um, and then sitting down looking at personnel, you know, who, who's going to fit where in this offense? Uh, and kids that you hadn't, I hadn't seen, you know, in over a year. Uh, some of the other coaches hadn't seen in a while. Uh, so you got to sit down with coaches and say, all right, how are we going to fit this and where we go personnel-wise? Uh, and kind of develop the system for that of a depth chart, 
and then how, how we're going to evaluate those positions because you don't have a lot of time. With with such a, a different offense, uh, you know, I, I would think that there's probably sometimes you could go in uh, to certain places and and even that late in the in the summer, maybe use all their run game terminology and and you, maybe you guys can learn it on the fly and you could at least maybe use their formations how they how they call things. Um, but but with such a vastly different offense, is that something that you guys had to come in and and had to create? all new names and, and teach that to your players as well because uh, because of the big change? We did, yes. We had to change all the terminology, and, and that, that's a good point. You know, some situations you may be able to come in and say, all right, I'm going to adapt to your terminology, and it's easier for the coaches to learn than the players. However, we were in that situation. Like I said, I played in the wing tee in high school. uh haven't coached in the wing tee. And I, I heard a, a guy on uh, – your podcast, one of the previous episodes, and he said something that that stuck with me absolutely. Is he said, uh, "Got to know how to fix it when it breaks." Uh, you know, so if we came in and said, "All right, we're going to run the wing T," uh, you know, our coaches haven't been in that. We got to coach what we know, uh, and and then adapt the personnel around that. And that's the great thing I feel about you know where we're at offensively is I'm not going to change a lot for the five guys up front. They got the toughest job in football. Mm-hmm. So let's make it easy on them. Let's be consistent with them. And we can dress it up a lot of different ways. You know, once we know power, you know, we know we're getting those, the combo and the down block and we're wrapping through. All right. We got power. We run with the sniffer and kick out. We run power read, uh, you know, which is just tweaking the running back, running back quarterback. No, no change for the offensive line. So let's make it as easy as possible on them and see if we can recycle some schemes. We run outside zone. Uh, we don't run the wide zone. We're really reaching and running. So now we can run a jet sweep to a receiver off of it. We recycle the scheme. Different for the backfield action. Same up front for the lineman. So really got to say, all right, we're going to make it as simple as possible up front on them so they can play aggressive and play physical. And then we can dress it up a lot of different ways. But that's where we're at offensively is I feel like we're not going to change a lot uh, as far as our base core schemes. I talk about power and counter, inside zone, um, outside zone. But we can add, you know, tight ends. We can add fullbacks. We can go end over formations. Something which was an easy thing for us last year, but we would run uh, outside zone. You know, sometimes with two running backs, a sniffer, and the two receivers, let's put on the same side. Maybe even do it out of a sugar huddle so that we're out there on the ball quick. Well, now we got a combo coming at you. You know, so we did some of those things uh, to try to, you know, dress it up a little bit but keep the same scheme. Now, we can expand and, and contract, I feel like, based on what our strengths are. You know, like I said, we, in 2015, uh, set all kinds of passing records and, and had a great receiver Derek Yates playing at Emory and Henry now uh, and Jeff Wallace playing at Emory Henry uh, on the same team there and other really good receivers so we spread you out we go empty we go a lot of five wide Uh, so we're still running inside zone still running the trap we still had power in but now we were relying more on on throwing the football uh, every down or close to every down uh, even though we had those things in or we can contract it now, two tight ends, let's get those eight gaps in there, and let's run the football, and then get a downfield throwing game with it. So uh, it's not really changing the offense, but expanding and contracting based on personnel. Love it, Coach, man. You're speaking the language. That's the, the, the way we have to do it, I think, in high school. And I think so many so many guys pigeonhole it. and It's like, man, there, there's some years I, I have four really good receivers, and then there's other years I get a bumper crop of tight ends, and they'll smash it. So, I mean, having yeah. the ability to, to be able to do both those things. And it's not confusing the kids. It's just, you know, put, put a little bit more emphasis on that, pushing a little bit more on that, you know, nothing really changes. I think yeah, that, that's kind of the, the world we live in. Um, it, it makes more sense to me too. To, yeah. Let's keep our core schemes and let's adapt to personnel instead of, you know, I see sometimes the team, they may feel like, all right, we don't have the receivers we had. So let's go from spread to wing tee. Uh, in one year. Now you're totally different. 
instead of, you know, molding it around the personnel, what they can do the best. Um, I feel like let's keep those, those core schemes and keep that identity and uh, let's adapt it to what we got. Maybe one year you got a tremendous running quarterback, power read just takes off for you. And uh, some of those other quarterback runs, um, you know, we had a lot of success with a quarterback ISO a few years ago. Uh, simple as can, as can be, but very effective. Uh, so let's just get around that um, that personnel and, and find find those strengths. Um, you know, and that, that's a great thing about it too. I had a really athletic quarterback when I was at Virginia High as offense coordinator. Let's throw a little more option principles in there, uh, but let's be purposeful with what we're doing with option and not just dabble in it. Let's let's really get reps on it. If we're going to do that, you know. Uh, so th- those are some things that are always going through my mind. The thing I was going to ask you, too, is, you know, I mean, you're coming in late, obviously, and, and not having to, to rock the boat much, you know, let's figure out the things we need to get done and, and let's be able to, to put plans together, put kids in those situations, find the right people, and then go win games. Now that you've kind of been there and you've had a, another off season, you know, what, what have maybe been some of the, the maybe not wholesale changes is the word, but what have been some of the changes or you know, the pieces of your philosophy that now you've kind of had a chance to really build that into the framework of your program? Well, you know, coming in, like I said, before the season, uh, the kids knew me a little bit. So I, I'd coached them before. That helped me a lot. But now having a full off season, um, I think, for one, the the commitment that we have to our weight room, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Chase Snow is our strength and conditioning coordinator. He does a phenomenal job with all sports, not just football, with all sports, you know, and that's something we're trying to really be, uh, you know, bringing the whole school in there and bringing inclusive of, of all sports and it's helping everybody. Uh, that's been a big thing for us uh, going through an off season. Um, the journey that we took last year as a team, uh, you know, was, was big for us growing together. And, um, you know, we went on a, a run there. We had a – we started off the season – uh, four and two. One of the losses uh, was a homecoming loss, uh, and and that really galvanized our team. Uh, we felt like that was a game we should have won if we'd played up to our potential. Uh, that really galvanized our team together. And sometimes it, it takes a loss like that. Uh, and and after that, you know, we were really able to uh, show them on the film. Sometimes they think they're doing certain things. Show show them on the film where the mistakes are and and bring it over to the practice field. And that was a credit to our senior leadership last year to, to get that going. But uh, then we went on that run together uh, and, and had a great time as far as building that culture. Uh, one of the th- a couple things we did motivation-wise was, uh, you know, one game uh, we went to it and we showed clips of the previous year as a loss and, and, you know, really had those guys fired up from that. The next week uh, we won a big game at home and, uh, that team was the Wolf Pack, and and we played a a song all week, uh, old NWO wrestling about the Wolf Pack. Okay, the kids come down on Monday, we play <laughs> that, and they're all jumping around. They think it's great. They didn't know it was going to play on loop all week long. So by the time Friday come around, they were sick of that song. They were sick sure. of hearing about the Wolf. <laughs> they were right. sick of it. But you know, developing that, and and now you know, going through that experience. It's great memories for those guys, but that, that culture of going through those big games. The next week, we played uh, Union High School, great program. Uh, the, their home stadium is Bullet Park, and they had a, had a really long winning streak there uh, at home. And so we played uh, one-hit wonder songs all week long because we'd won the week before against Rid- uh, Ridgeview, the Wolfpack team, and uh, played one-hit wonder songs. said, all right, you one-hit wonder, you had that big win. Can you go on the road into this hostile environment and do it again? So we played the one-hit wonder songs, and that was pretty funny because in the school, they played it in between classes. Uh, and the secretaries in the school were picking out songs out of ball with it. That, that is but, awesome. Uh, That's uh, really cool. The whole whole you know school community really bought into and uh, you know, that, that was fun. But uh, going through that, that's kind of that culture you're trying to develop of, uh, of going through and, and winning some of those tough games like that, and that carries over to your practice field. That carries over to your off-season lifting. Uh, and then here in the summer, what we're trying to get through, and we remind them a lot of that. You know, sometimes it's easy to get bogged down in the summertime uh, of, of going through that, but you got to have that, rem- remembering what that felt like, 
you know, because this is what you're working for kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Coach, is it um, – how big How big is, is the high school? Because, uh, you know, thinking about doing something like that would be awesome. But, uh, you know, at my school it seems like it would almost be too big or uh, you might get a, a little bit of a fuss, you know, from people that were non-football uh, players or a part of the football team. Uh, you know, just the, the thought of having a whole school bought into it that much that they would be – willing to do that during passing periods is, sounds uh, amazing. Well, we're a 3A school. There are six uh, classifications in Virginia, six A's to be to get, so we're in the middle there. Uh, so we've got um, in the 800s, 800 students roughly. So, uh, you know, it's uh, we're, we're you know, a little bigger school in, in southwest Virginia than, than a lot of schools around us, but uh, – um, we're three A, so we're kind of right there, right there in the middle as far as uh, Virginia goes, size wise. I mean, that just uh, it would be such an awesome thing to be able to do something like that and and kind of have all that buy-in. So uh, you're talking to a very jealous coach right now. So, uh, but uh, so you you brought it, got to bring a few guys with you, and it was really last second. So uh, I'm assuming you kind of knew those guys, obviously. So there wasn't a whole mm-hmm. hiring process. It was just hey. You guys want to come with me? I know what kind of coaches you are, but uh, assuming that here in the future, those guys, some guys that you have, will will go on to be their own head coaches or coordinators at other schools, and and that'll kind of put you into a situation where you're gonna, you know, need to hire some guys. What are you looking for uh, in some guys that when you are looking to hire uh, at some positions or even at a coordinator spot? So just talk about those guys for for a minute there. You know, like I said, it happened so quick. And I, I so fortunate they were able to come back. When I was very fortunate, we had uh, there were stopping positions available uh, on that staff to bring them back. Um, you know, I can't say enough about those guys. You know, like and, and for instance, Rocky Denson, he's our eighth grade coach. He does so much for us on the varsity level, and being able to bring him in, uh, coach those eighth grade players. But you know, he helps us a tremendous amount on Fridays and organization and sideline things that we need to have done uh that that's a huge thing uh, you know that's a huge thing for our program uh, so they were bring some of those guys in it was actually a pretty cool moment uh i talked to a couple of those guys uh, i got introduced on uh, uh, the next day after i got hired on the 24th so the 20 uh 24th when i got introduced and uh, we started on the 26th. So we had one day in between. Uh, but when I got introduced on the 24th, um, they brought me in the auditorium, introduced in front of the team, and some of those other coaches we went ahead and brought in. So I talked to a couple of other coaches and said, All right, uh, they said, we can meet you there uh, after a while. You know, it'll be after the players are, are already gone. I said, okay. Well, I just, at the end of that, first workout we went down uh after i got introduced and i told him went down the field put them through a workout we're back there and some of those guys come walking in the front door and the place just goes nuts again i said guys can't tell we're getting the band back together so that was pretty pretty cool deal uh bringing those assistant coaches in and getting you you know the the players fired up and you know being able to model what my assistants have been able to do a ton of credit goes to those guys they're hard workers um, I'm gonna let you coach is what I tell them. I'm gonna let you coach. I'm gonna let you do do your job. Uh, they know that, uh, and they take pride and ownership in it. Uh, and that that's really what I'm looking for in coaches is um, do they uh, take ownership of things and say, all right, if I'm coaching, you know, this unit on special teams, if I'm you know if I'm coaching the punt, it's gonna be the best punt around because it's so important, you know, and, and take ownership of it. Uh, and our coaches do that. Uh, our coaches, you know, one of the big things they do is I don't have to ask them to do it. A lot of things. We come back in for practice. Somebody's got the laundry going. Uh, somebody's already hopping on this. Somebody, kids got an equipment question. They're getting taken care of. Uh, they're they're self motivated, uh, and and they they don't wait to be told to do something. They're like, all right, let's handle this. I, I, if I need to ask, you know, Coach Hamburger this or that, I'll do it. But let's uh, let's get to work. You know, and, and that's really what I, I look for in coaches. Uh, I got told early on, you know, you want to do something to make yourself valuable as a coach, grab a broom. 
you know, uh, and, and that's a big thing. And it's kind of, you know, figure of speech there, but what can I do to help this program? It's so much beyond just uh, the X's and O's. Uh, for instance, today, uh, you know, we're out there, we have a Bermuda field. Uh, I'm running a backhoe, and we're putting sand in a top dresser all afternoon, you know, and those coaches are all right there with me. And that's what we did this afternoon. You know, it's, it's not just uh, getting to call plays on Friday night, for sure. Uh, so I, I'm looking for guys that want to be there. They want to be around. Are they going to be there, you know, in the off season uh, and, and show that commitment? That's really what I look for in a, in a coach. I feel like if they show that commitment, and first of all, if they're good people, uh, then any scheme thing, we can we can talk about it. We can teach you any scheme. You know, we'll teach you how we want it done. Are you a good person? Are you going to work hard? Are you going to be dependable? All those things, that, that's the biggest things I'm looking for in a coach that, I, that I'm going to hire. I love all that, Coach. That's one of the first things my dad had, had kind of taught me, too. And when, you know, you're going to go into coaching, he was just going to say, hey, it's like anything else, man. Be organized and do all those little jobs and do them the, to the best of your ability. And, and you know, no, no work is – is beneath you there's nothing worse than I think you know working on a staff and there's guys that that won't carry their own weight uh you know or guys that complain or you know whatever it might be but th those guys just become a drain on on that staff and it sounds like you got a group of dudes that hey man everyone everyone will put on the hard hat go to work and not to mention I mean the, the thing that stuck out to me when you're telling the story was all the kids cheered when they came back so I mean the, the kids yeah. enjoy it and and they know that those guys are in it because guess what they're there every single day and they're building that relationship and they're setting that example for them. That's so huge. You know, and, I, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I got, you know, three or four head coaches for sure on the staff right now. I feel like to be head coaches somewhere, um, you know, football knowledge and, and the uh, just wanting to, to learn all they can all the time. I mean, we, we talk ball. That's what we do, you know, all the time. And what, where can we learn something else? Uh, but, uh, those guys are hard workers, and, and that's what it takes, you know. Uh, and, you know, talking about those other responsibilities, um, you know, we I feel like it's I've never asked them to do something I wouldn't do. I'm, I'll hop right in there with you. You know, let's get this done, you know. Uh, and I really feel like that's a big part of being a, a valuable assistant, how I bring value to a program. I, I just remember, like, my, my dad, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd be coaching the lower levels, so instantly I'm I'm kind of getting the – you know, the education of man, you know, that's the lower levels is where it's at. And he put the same amount of time as those varsity guys. And then I just remember going with him too. And I was, when I was young and, you know, for equipment checkout and equipment check in, you know, and he's like, he'd just be telling you, Hey, you got to be organized, make sure you keep this clean, grab a broom, get these things going. And it's, and it's, it's all that stuff that, you know, you, you remember that though, you know, and it's like, you take pride, you know, he's, he keeps saying, he's like, Hey man, this, this place is a hell hole because they had it tucked away down below I mean, there's probably asbestos and stuff in there but he's like hey man it's what we got we're going to take good care of it it could be a lot worse so let's let's have a lot of pride in the stuff that we have and that's but that's the stuff that I remember and now it's like you know same thing if we need help with equipment you know it doesn't matter what my title is when I was at BA I'd, I'd help out with all that stuff too so I mean I think that's huge you ask your kids to be unselfish well I need to set that example and I need to, be, to do the exact same thing you know and I, I'm fortunate too. Um, you know, we, we've got some guys that are volunteering on staff. You know, we don't have stipends to pay them, but they're there and 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 they're working, uh, and they want to be a part of it. And uh, it, it's it's so cool to see that and see the work ethic they have and uh, the, the great things that they're bringing to the program uh, on a volunteer basis uh, is is awesome. So uh, I feel like you know that that's when you know. I, I feel like. Our staff is in a really good spot because we we all get along and 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 we all want to be there. You know, we want to be there. We want to be there together. Uh, we're pulling in the same direction, uh, and uh, it, it's uh, we're having a lot of fun. I told them that too. The f talking about getting introduced, and then the next day we sat down and had a big staff meeting, and we went over, you know, tried to you know, get our terminology and all those things together. And I told them this. I said, "Look, I said we're gonna have the most fun." we've ever had coaching football you know we're gonna work and we're gonna you know work as hard as we can but we're gonna have we're gonna have a ball uh us coaches and that's gonna spill over to our players um you know and actually i was the interim head coach at this point so when uh 
where I got hired, you know, only two days before I was an interim coach. So uh, I said, look, you know, and I had some folks tell me, uh, you know, I wouldn't take that job. You know, you, you're going to be an interim. You're going to be judged on, you know, no off-season practice. You know, you, you may not be successful and you may not get it. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on these players. I'm going to bet on uh, the staff that I'm going to bring in, bet on myself, and, and let, let's roll with it. We're going to have a ball doing it and uh, let the chips fall where they may. And uh, uh, those guys uh, did a great job. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the big thing. Players got to love playing football. And I talked to them about it. It's the greatest game in the world. Uh, they got to love it. You know, we were watching some tape the other day and showed them a couple clips of when we really had this thing rolling. And I said, look, I said, it's a party out there. This is what it's about, you know. I said, when we get this thing rolling like that, and guys are being physical and they're being tough and running backs are running hard and we're, we're catching and throwing and guys are producing, I said, it, it, it's like a party out there and you want to be a part of that, you know, and, and uh, I hope that that passion spills over to our players. That, that's the big thing I want is to love football. And talking about coaching at the lower levels and our youth guys, I want them to learn to block, I want them to learn to tackle, be fundamental, and love football. Okay, uh, that's the biggest things I want. Love football. I, I, you know, I love being around people that love the game. Yeah, it's, I mean, Walls has talked about that uh, since day one that I met him. I mean, that was uh, he's got a whole book for uh, if you know if he were ever to need to hire somebody, uh, he's got a whole. It seems like a book of things he's looking for. And but number one, and and it's underlined, you know, a thousand times is guy that just loves football uh, and. And like you said, I mean, I've had some kids as football players that maybe weren't the most physically or, or whatever gifted, but uh, the kids that really, really love football, I mean, they love to play it. They, you know, you can ask them, hey, you know, what's your favorite team? Or did you watch any football this weekend? You already know they're going to say yes because they just enjoy football. Um, you know, those, some of those kids have been my best actual football players because uh, it means a lot to them. And, and they, like you said, they just – Love being out there, even at practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Coach, what are some things that you guys kind of do as a staff? You talk about, you know, having fun. Is that something where, you know, you guys find yourself sitting in the office, you know, shooting the bull, and all of a sudden, you know, your, your wives are texting and calling like, hey, man, time to come home? Or is it something you guys, you know, hang out on the weekends? What, what are some things that you guys do to kind of, you know, continue to build that that friendship and that bond and that camaraderie, and then obviously it's spilling over on the practice field, and the kids are seeing that bond too. Well, one of the things I, I told our coaches is family is most important thing. Uh, we, we know there's a time commitment with football, and we know we've got to put in the hours, and we've got to watch the tape, and we got to do these things. But I said I, I want us to take care of that number one. Your families are always welcome around the field house. Uh, we're putting sand down on the field day. Okay, Coach Nolan and had his kids out there, you know, that they they came and helped, uh, which is awesome. I'm like, hey, you know, he wanted to help, and, and, and they came and stayed for a little while. You're welcome at this program anytime. Uh, you know, my daughter coming today, uh, after my wife got off work, uh, I'm finishing some, some things up at the field house, and she wanted to be there in the field house. Uh, uh, so I, I love the, that family aspect, you know, they're welcome anytime. And I told him, I said, we're going to watch the tape. Um, we'll watch it on our own on Fridays and Saturdays, and we're texting and calling each other some, you know, during the day and, and that kind of thing on Saturday and Sunday. And we'll meet on Sunday evening after the kids are going to bed. We, we meet a little late. I want, so I want you to have dinner with your family on Sunday uh, evening. Okay, and then we're going to come in and watch the tape together and, and finalize our practice plans and all that. Um, so – you know, that's a big key uh, for us. Um, we, we we do hang out. You know, we talk. Uh, love love talking ball. You know, you get those texts going back and forth talking about it. And, uh, you know, we obviously going to clinics, we went and visited a couple of colleges uh, here in the off season, and uh, just enjoying that time together. And, um, you know, I think it's uh, – you can notice that. And sometimes I got to tell them, all right, guys, let's get out of here. You know, because they they want to hang around and and be there and and uh, the good time we're having. But at that uh, time, you know, that family time, we got to always keep an eye on that. So, all right, let's let's go. Um, Friday nights. Um, I know my daughter's already in bed after she leaves after Friday nights, and I can't sleep, guys. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm up pretty late on Friday. Just I can't, you know. 
get get my mind to shut off. It doesn't matter if we won the biggest you know biggest win we've had in a long time or, or we had a terrible loss. It doesn't matter. Um, so and uh, I know me and a few of the coaches we stay and we talk and uh, we you know we've actually had some pretty good ideas come about late that night. You know we've used the next week. Uh, you know uh, so we we talk and and try to get a get a plan together throughout that weekend. But we we've had a couple pretty good ideas there late night. You know just hanging out. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what, you know, my, one of my favorite parts about getting the coach was, was um, it was just like playing football and that you had a group of guys that loved football and, and were fairly similar minded. And then we got out of playing and, and missed that, didn't have that. And so uh, luckily I didn't have to be out of that for long and I was in coaching and then, um, you know, I, I could uh, be around the same thing. A bunch of guys that liked football and did that. And, and but like you said, it, it is important to, uh, take a little bit of time, be around your family, um, and and make them a part of it. Because uh, you know my son's getting up to now; he's going to be six, and uh, he loves being able to come up there. And I remember, and so does Coach Walls. But uh, when he was young, but I remember, like he said, when I was a kid, going up to Dad's uh, summer workouts and sleeping on the couch in their uh, football office that they had, and then uh, he always had a bunch of markers and was always drawn on the whiteboard and and had binders mm-hmm. full of plays that I had drawn that dad said he was going to run. I don't think he ever did, but he claims he did. And then, uh, but you know, it was just, it was just a blast and what a way to grow up. And then, uh, you know, I'm over at my, at my son, he he met a new friend over at a a birthday party. And one of the first thing he says is, yeah, that's my dad. He's a, he's a football coach. So uh, it's kind of, kind of cool to hear things like that. Yeah. My daughter's four years old. Um, she just turned four. She was at the field house today. Like I said, you know, she's uh, it, drawing on the whiteboard and a stopwatch. Uh, and we've got a we got a room in the field house. We have some wrestling mats out. We do mat drills and that kind of thing. If she gets to go in there for a minute, and run over some agility bags or something. She is happy as can be. So uh, we we do that quite often. Yeah, I, I love. I mean, I don't have any kids of my own, but you know, a bunch of the guys on staff have some and. You'll you'll be working, and you know there's a couple times like, hey, I gotta you want to meet up here and get some things done. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I'll be up there. And you know, I love when they bring their kids. And a couple times, you know, they're like, hey, you know, sorry, I'm have to bring the like, dude, don't ever apologize for bringing your kids. Like, you know, I don't care if they get in the way. They want to go play for 15 minutes. I said, I'll gladly, I'll gladly extend this thing out an hour or two so we can hang out. It's so much fun because then again, you know, they they start calling, hey, is Coach Wall's gonna be there? Coach Wall's coming to. Stuff like that. I mean, it, it just ends up like you said. You know, nobody cares, and it just it just strengthens that bond. You kind of become like you know an, an uncle or extended family, and and to me, that's when the real magic starts to happen in the programs. I mean, I don't think it's a prerequisite, but you know, having that that bond and and those connections, and then being able to get together, you know, before or after games, during practice, things like that. You know, it doesn't have to happen every week, but. I just think it's it's such a cool thing. And honestly, growing up and seeing my dad doing those things, you know, all of his friends became, you know, good friends of mine when I went back home yeah. and, and coached, you know, and, and those are, are still people that you, you talk to today, you know, and, and their kids and the same thing and you stay connected. I mean, I just think that, you know, that connection and, and, and that bond, you really don't get that a lot of times with, you know, the other professions, you know, hey, my dad's a plumber, you know, <laughs> I don't know how often they hang out, you know. I mean, I think it's it's a pretty unique and cool thing to to be able to almost kind of become like you know the the pseudo uncle for for some of these kids. You know, it's it's so much fun after after a big win, and you know we get all all the things cleaned up, and we got the field house cleaned up, and uh, we're there at home, and get candy bar and soda and popcorn or whatever, and watch the highlights, you know, on TV together and laugh and and joke and have a big time uh you know it's it's a lot of fun man yeah those are some of the fun ones when you get together as a staff you know after you've stomped somebody and you stay up to wait to see the highlights it's pretty funny or so you know sometimes they'll have the the camera shot of the of the sidelines so they might catch the coach you know yelling at the ref or something like that and everyone's pimping him so i mean those are some of my, my favorite times too like man i can't believe i did that but yeah those, those well, are yeah the stories from the headsets, you know, when they get yelled at, you know, I remember you sit there with coach Harper and it's like, man, walls blasting me or something. That's my favorite, you know, reliving all those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, headsets are, are something else. Sometimes I just, 
you know, got to make sure our coaches don't break any. That's what I'm. That's what I tell them all the time. <laughs> that's exactly right. You you break it, you're paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, coach, kind of. So I asked, you know, about maybe some things or some tips for, uh, you know, your first year coming in late. But what are maybe some things that you've learned uh, just in your first year being a head coach or uh, you know, what, were there maybe some surprises that you didn't, didn't, you know, maybe even think about? I'm sure there's got to be some, you know, I think at every position that you move up, you kind of think you've got a pretty good handle on it. And then uh, obviously a, a bunch of new things kind of jump out at you. But maybe, maybe what are some of those things you've learned or some of those things you can pass on to, to other guys that are going to be, uh, you know, in their first year of being a head coach? Yeah, I think for one, people tell you, you know, you're always – you know, think you know what it's like, but until you sit in the seat, you don't know. And there are things that pop up, you know, a, a lot of times that you aren't expecting. Uh, a lot of it's off the, off the field things, uh, you know, uh, like I said, different things like fundraising or things you got to order or, or different uh, administrative tasks that, that are hard. Uh, but you got to just manage time, you know, and say, all right, I'm going to set aside this time to get this done. Uh, and, 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 you know, having an off season to, to get some of those things done help uh, during the seasons really, you know, when those things can be a challenge too is really setting aside because you got to, you know, make sure you're preparing and doing all those things. But some of those other things don't stop uh, even during the season. So uh, you got to make sure, you know, managing that time. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things being a head coach, uh, you know, called an offense before, I call her offense now. Uh, that that doesn't change, but you know, just having the the whole view at all times uh, of everything. Uh, I remember, you know, we had the tablet with the the replay on there, uh, and uh, I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna look at this, see what the front's doing. Uh, I'm doing that, and all right, we're on defense. I said, there's a penalty. You want to accept or decline it? Uh, I just had, you know, say, here, take that tablet. You ain't got time to look at it, you know, and uh, just being <laughs> yeah. responsible for all that. You know, uh, and, and then that's where you got to rely on your assistant. Say, all right, what are you guys seeing? All right, now let's diagnose those problems. But keeping that full view of, of everything at all times. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing is um, setting the tone uh, for the team at all times, you know, uh, you know, getting that message out. Um, you know, it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, the politicians that set a narrative. That's what we got to do as football coaches and head coaches. Say, all right, we're setting this goal. We're setting this narrative. That's what we got to work towards uh, and making sure that team is going towards that. Uh, setting that tone early in the week to then follow it all the way through practice. You know, uh, really having that message for our guys. And that's like, you know, we went back to those motivational tools we used. Uh, that was that setting that message and, and keeping that laser focus on things. Um, it's easy sometimes as a head coach, I think, for you know, some of the small details in practice to pass by you. So that's something I'm constantly working on is, you know, I see a kid, you know, takes the wrong step. I got to go, I got to address, you know, I got to, got to stay on all those things at all times. Uh, but really setting that message and setting that motivation and uh, something we're striving towards, I think is really important uh, as a head coach. I think that's so important, especially, you know, when you, you're still involved with, with the uh, the play calling or your coach in a position, you know, at, at some of the, the smaller schools where you have to, you know, but still still having to, to not, you know, kind of quote play favorites, you know, like if I'm coaching the O-line, you know, the O-line are my favorite guys and I cater towards them and, and creating some of those other factions. Like you said, you know, setting the tone for the entire team, you know, talking to the defense if I don't coach the defense, you know, making sure I'm present at special teams so they, they know that special teams is really, really important, you know, because it's like you said, I mean, if the head coach believes in it and he and he sets the tone for it, the kids are going to follow mm -hmm. suit. And if they see me, yeah. you know, you know, slacking off or not paying attention during special teams, well, guess what? It's it's empty words when I say, yeah, special teams is important, and I'm over there messing around with the offensive line. So I think, you know, you're, those words are so true, man. You, and you got to be conscious of it because, like, sometimes you mm -hmm. try to even think about it because you're so used to just being a position guy, you know. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. it's like, man. <laughs> I probably need to go talk to the defense or go walk, watch the defense or, or pay attention to this drill. So I think that's a huge, huge, right. especially when you're a young head coach. You know, in, in the summertime here, everybody's doing seven on sevens in Virginia and we've done our, our share of those and, and 
you know, enjoyed them. And I, I like seeing guys compete more than anything uh, uh, in seven on seven. Sometimes it's not a realistic picture, but uh, but I like seeing them competing. But you yeah. know, we we spent some time on special teams here in the summer. You know, we're doing punt in July. You know, and then it's like, all right, things in the team. Hey, we're we're doing this in July. You know, this is something they believe in. I tell them, punt will get you beat quicker than anything. You know, that's, those are things that I'm trying to hammer home to those guys. You're on here. You know, this is a unit got to produce, and uh, we got to be efficient and successful on this unit. And, uh, so that, those are things that we try to, you know, constantly talk about in the summertime. Uh, you know, that's a hard thing without pads of talking about with defense, being good tacklers and, and getting there where we're going to maintain that, that physical edge. Uh, you know, we talk about how we're how we're going to tackle and how, uh, you know, we're going to be ball hawks and and uh, strike, you know, running backs and, and strike people and and, and that, that's something that's, it's got to be a message uh, right now because we can't do it. And then hopefully when we get to practice, we got to we got to execute it. Coach, it, it is kind of interesting, and and you and Coach Walls are kind of in the same boat in that in the summer. Uh, you guys get to work all through the summer and practice, uh, not in pads, but you do get to, uh, you know, get some football reps. What are some things that, that you look at uh, trying to get better at over the summer? Because obviously, um, you know, it can be tough for an offensive lineman to get much better at blocking when you don't have pads on. And, and you know, there's certain things that are uh, maybe more suited for without pads, and then maybe you can get all that finished so when you do put pads on, um, you know, all of that stuff can already be done and you can use that padded time to work blocks and tackling and, and some other things. So what are some things that you're looking to get done over the summer uh, to kind of knock out while you don't have uh, the ability to have pads on? Well, one of the things I feel like setting us apart right now uh, with our offensive line, Coach Rob Rackliff does a tremendous job with this, is, you know, I'm going to give him as much time as I can. You know, I don't want – uh, you know, him coming to me and saying, I, I need more individual time. I need, I need more individual time. So we're constantly trying to steal time for him. And, uh, you know, we, we gave him a hard time at the beginning of the summer. So how many days in a row are you going to do stamps? You know, <laughs> and stuff like that. But he's setting the foundation, you know, early in, in uh, May and in, in June uh, and setting that foundation because we, we ain't going to have time for all that, you know, as we go forward. But he's setting that foundation. He has so we try to give him so much individual time with that offensive line uh, to be able to talk about stance and and hand placement constantly, and uh, you know maintaining the block and driving and, and all those things that, that he's trying to do. Um, and so we're trying to always give him that time. Uh, he does a tremendous job with it. We still time during special teams. Okay, so today we're doing punt. Uh, while we're doing punt, he's got the offensive line down there, and he's working on the, on those guys. He stole 10 minutes of individual time right there that wasn't really even in our schedule, uh, but he got 10 extra minutes. Uh, so we're we're constantly trying to do that to uh, uh, here in the summer. Uh, you know, and everything looks good on bags. You know, when you're you're uh, going against bags, but hopefully we're able to uh, uh, really isolate uh, the fundamentals of what we need to do. Uh, and and bring along the scheme, you know we're so far ahead now than we were last year. Obviously coming in that late, but uh, just being able to go back and, and teach and reteach and say it's okay if you make a mistake. And it's it's junior, it's July. You know it's okay. Let's talk about it. Yep. And we've also been able to really include everybody and say let's learn the concept. What are we trying to get accomplished here? Okay, it's a whole lot easier for us to now go change the formation. You know, Mike Leach said it's a lot easier for me to tell a kid another place to stand uh, than it is a new play. So I'm going to tell you another place to stand. We may have to adjust you a little bit based on where you're at, but let's dress this up in a different formation uh, and learn the concept of what we're actually trying to do. Uh, and that goes with pass routes, too. We know the spacing. We know what has to happen. Let's change the formation. Now let's get there. Uh, so those are things that we're trying to do in the summertime a lot. Um, you know, really going through and learning the, the full concept and the why. You know, I, I wanted to know the why uh, of why we're doing these things uh, and how the puzzle fits together. Yeah, you you said it a couple times now. I mean, the past the past game, honestly, you know, with the way that we have it set up in our states, coach, there, there's really no excuse for not having you know 
95% of your pass game basically installed and having, you yeah. know, the route structures and, you know, how we're, how we're reading it, you know, what are our adjustments off of coverage? I mean, there's really no excuse for not having that done because we, we can do that literally, you know, four or five days a week if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, seven on seven is big for us timing wise and uh, yep. catching the football. You know, I've noticed a big difference from that from when I first started coaching, you know, the, the way they've changed the summer, people catch the football better. It's getting so many reps. Um, and, uh, uh, the past game is definitely getting more advanced uh, based on those rules for sure. Uh, people can, uh, you know, pick you apart. I think it's it's always so big, too, to find guys to, to, to play seven-on-seven seven against that, you know, actually kind of run their stuff, you know, because, I, again, you, you've said it a few times, you can develop some bad habits. But, you know, finding a group mm-hmm. of guys that, you know, hey, we're going to run our defense, we'll play zone, we're not going to play two-man, and we're not going to run empty quads the whole time. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome to find a couple of coaches and get together and you use it for the right reasons and, and you get, and guys do get better. And we try to do that. The, the coaches that we've, we've worked with this summer, they, they really do a good job of, you know, we're going to run our stuff, you know. Uh, it, it can be challenging sometimes in seven on seven when the linebacker's, you know, eight, nine yards deep and he's dropping out of there immediately. And I'm like, well, you know, we're in ace. <laughs> we have two tight ends. Your linebackers are nine yards. That's not going, you know, not going to work. Uh, so uh, uh, finding those guys for sure to compete against and give give your guys some work is is important. I don't think Coach Harper's ever seen a linebacker at nine yards. <laughs> not in a, not in a real football game. That's exactly right. Yeah. I don't That's think I can. Saying. I don't think we can hardly get safeties to get to nine yards. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, we're kind of rolling up on an hour now, but. Uh, you know, the last question I always like to ask guys is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? You know, I think the, the finishing the blocks, uh, you know, when we watch the film, uh, I, I want to see our guys competing to the whistle, uh, you know, staying with a guy and not giving up on it. And it may not even be the block, you know, that's, that's springing a guy for a run, but that guy's just working. Uh, he's got that, you know, blue-collar mentality, and uh, he's in there to, to, to work. Uh, that, that's what I like to see. And, uh, you know, that's something I try to get it. We try to get across to our guys, you know, how physical we've got to be to be successful, um, you know, and what we've got to do. Uh, you know, and being a quarterback coach, and, you know, we'd, we'd had a, a few years there where we were really throwing the football well. Uh, but, uh, you know, did a clinic earlier this year, and I, I told the guys, I said, look, I said, I'm not your, uh, the visor-wearing uh, quarterback coach that you may think of. I said, we're coming after you. You know, we can run power, and we can get after you, and we're going to finish those blocks, and we're going to do that. You know, and uh, and then the pass game just, you know, marries off that. You know, once you commit to that, we can hurt you down the field. But, um, you know, that, those are the things that we, we've got to get across. And why I love to see offensive lines that, uh, finish the block and they just play to the whistle because like i said it, it, you know we we talked about we showed our guys on film when you're doing this it's like a party out there and everybody's getting involved and everybody's enjoying it everybody's having a good time it's the way the game is meant to be played it's the way we got to do it coach man i love it fun to fun to talk to a guy who loves power fun to talk to a guy who gets into some 21 and some 12 and uh, and fun, to, obviously, to talk to a guy who just you know loves 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 talking ball. That you're uh, you're speaking my language, and uh, be fun to to come meet with you sometime if I ever get back in the uh, the, the was it Southwest Virginia area slash Kingsport. I was actually Kingsport uh, when I was 15 years old. They played the uh, the national AAU basketball tournament out there. And I was in Kingsport. It was the last time I was out there. I'd love to get back again, man. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, that's why. I tell people when we're at in Southwest Virginia, go to the Tennessee line, take two steps back, and you're right where we're at. So uh, we'd love to have you. But I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, you guys got a great thing going on with the podcast. I know our assistants love it. Love listening to you guys. So thank you for what you're doing. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. 
Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.